0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. This is a passage of Scripture that has... Uh... That I thoroughly enjoy this passage of scripture a lot of people uh the real part i guess part of the reason I like it so much is because not a lot of people are aware of of this story of Balaam and his donkey um, a lot of folks are just just never have heard this before, and i I think it's really fun to, to bring out some of the more unusual aspects of things that are in the Scripture and, and to let people uh, be aware of those things. Balaam is is a uh, unique character to the Bible. He's uh, one of those uh, fellas that's kind of uh, different from from most of the characters in the Bible. In fact, Balaam is not just mentioned here, but he's mentioned actually uh 5 times in the Bible. He's mentioned here, of course, and uh uh 5 other times in the Old Testament. Uh it's what i meant to say he's he's also mentioned three times in the new testament he's mentioned in uh second peter chapter 2 verse 15 and 16 he's mentioned in jude verse 11 uh, don't don't ask me what chapter in jude cuz uh uh It'll tell me how many times you read Jude. And Revelation chapter two, verse fourteen, uh Balaam is mentioned. He's uh kind of strange and mysterious. He's kind of like uh uh some other characters in the Bible that you might have heard of, you know, uh uh fellas like Samson and Judas and uh and uh Saul, uh these uh strange, mysterious characters uh that not all characters in the Bible are crystal clear like uh, 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 so many others. Uh, like Jesus is crystal clear. John the Baptist, uh, we know just about everything there is to know about him. Uh, we know a lot about the disciples, and uh, but but Balaam is kind of unique in that he there's not a. Uh, even though he's mentioned several times, there's not a whole lot uh, that is known about him other than the fact that he is a prophet of God. And uh, uh, let's just dive right into uh, uh, all of this. Uh, Balaam uh, is, uh, begins in chapter 22 of Numbers. And it says, And the children of Israel set forward. Now this is as the children of Israel are coming out of the land of Egypt and going towards the promised land. They are not to the promised land yet. And uh, they're uh, going through the plains of Moab. It says, The children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side of the Jordan by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all the Israelites... Uh, and all that they had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid. Now he's the king uh, because they were many and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us as the ox licketh up the grass of the field and Balak Uh, the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at this time. And he sent messengers thereof, uh, therefore unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pithor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Uh, Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that uh, he whom thou blesseth is blessed, and he whom thou Cursed is cursed. So, what happens is, is uh, uh, what we see is Israel is is coming through uh, the this region and of the Moabites, and and Balak says. You know these these Israelites—they're like locusts. They're coming through, and and he's afraid they're going to just consume everything that comes through, just like uh, a an invasion of, of some kind of uh, infestation like locusts would come across the land and just leave everything barren after they're uh, gone by. And he has heard what has happened to those who've gone up against Israel. And so uh, he he wants to stack the deck, basically, against Israel. He wants to get a uh, someone who is uh, able to curse them so that he would be able to go up against them and to have victory. And here's the thing. Balak is, is basically aware of the fact that there are prophets of God and there are people who uh, uh, speak on behalf of God and those who uh, uh, are able to bless or curse those who... Uh, as God directs in their life and, and he's heard of Balaam as being one of those individuals and he uh, desires to uh, to do that and, and the sad thing is, is he knows of Balaam but he doesn't know the God whom Balaam is purporting to represent. Balaam is uh, uh, not a prophet that God has raised up but he is someone whom uh, God has used to speak through and and He chooses to speak through at this time as well. And so he, He's trying to to drive out Israel so that His land will be safe, uh, the, the land of the Moabites. And uh, so verse 7 says, And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, "Lodge here the night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me." And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God can. And so, uh, fortunately, Balaam didn't just simply say, "Oh, sure, I'll do whatever you want to." Uh, he he was uh, fortunately he had the foresight to inquire of God what God would have him to do. And uh, so he said to the princes that had come to his house to get him to come to the king of Moab, uh, Moab, uh, Hey, uh, stay with me while I I inquire of God, and in the morning I'll let you know what God says. And God came to Balaam, in verse 9, and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God... Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent uh, unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covereth uh, the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them. Perventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, and thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land. For the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you, and the princes of Bala rose, uh, uh, the princes of Moab rose up, and they went into Balak and said, into, uh, said Balaam refuses to come with us. Now, uh, Balaam follows God's direction and 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 tells them that he won't go with them, but he doesn't tell them why. He just simply says God won't let me come with you. Now, <coughs> what Balak believes and what the princes believe also is, is that he's playing hardball. He's he says, "Look, I, I don't want to come with you, thinking that the rents, uh, the money that they brought, would increase if the, if he if he turned them down at first. And that's what Balak probably believes. He says, "Okay, he wants he wants a bit more money, so he's going to send them back again and." Uh, Offer even more. And so Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zipporah, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me, for I will pro- uh, promote thee un- unto very great honor, and I will do whatever thou sayest unto me. And come, therefore, I pray thee, and curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak will give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond uh, the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye also here the night, that I may know that the Lord will say unto thee more. And so what Balak is, uh, Balaam is basically telling them is, look, uh, God's not letting me go. This is not a, a ploy to get you to give me more money or more treasure or to give me a place of honor or anything like that. God's not letting me go, and I'm not, I wouldn't go even if you gave me a, a palace full of gold and silver. He says it's not that. But he does something unusual. He tells them, stay here the night and I'll inquire of God again. As if God is going to change His mind about the people of Israel or anything like that. Uh, But He tells them, uh, just to be on the safe side, Hey, hang out here tonight and I will see what God says. Uh, So uh, God came to Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet uh, the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt, thou do. So Balaam probably figures, okay, God has changed his mind. I'm going to go curse these people. And this is what most people when they read through this kind of miss. It's the intent of Balaam's heart, not the actions that he does, he knows that God doesn't want his people to be cursed. He told him not to curse Israel before, and now he, uh, God is telling him to go. This is not God's permission to to curse the people of Israel. It's rather he is just saying to him, "Go with them, and I'm going to tell you what to say. You will say it later." Uh, and but Balaam has gotten a wrong heart. And you know when we go to God and we ask God about things, uh, a lot of times we go to god here's here 's the lesson of of Balaam and his donkey. A lot of times when we go to God and pray about something, we have already made up in our mind what god's going to uh, should answer us. We sit there and we play God, we say, "Okay, God, I know you want me to." To be blessed, so I need a, another car. So, please, Lord, help me to have another car. And we we start think we start dreaming about all the fancy cars that we could have a, a Mustang GT, or we could have a, a you know us. Uh, 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 you name the the car that you is just the top of your list. You think, oh Lord's going to just bless me with all this. Meanwhile, the Lord knows your need, and He He makes sure that that old clunker you've been driving for the last uh, fifteen years, that has three hundred thousand miles on it, well, it just suddenly begins to work again, and and gets you from point A to point B. And now that's not what you'd hope. You'd hope that God was going to give you the permission or the ability to go out and get some fancy uh, new car. Uh, Uh, Mazda ZRX or uh, one of those uh, uh, 280ZX's or whatever you... uh, Camaro or Trans Am, uh, Ford, uh, Mustang, uh, you you know, one of those dream cars, a Maserati or uh, I could name cars all night, but I I don't know, whatever your favorite car is, God doesn't necessarily... uh, work that God doesn't work that way. We we tend to think what God should do and then we pray towards that. And that's what Balaam was doing. He he knew that God said, Do not curse the Israelites, do not curse them. They're blessed. They're my people. Don't do that. He had already gotten the answer from God and, and you know, a lot of times we do that too. We get God's answer, and then we, we pretend like we don't know what that really means. So we say, God, are, uh, let me just make sure I'm, I'm sure of what you mean. Um, you want me to drive this old clunker until you, it's time for me to get the new car. Okay, I'll do that, God. Uh, or, God, uh, you know, I really need a new car, and and and... Thank you for allowing this old junk heap that i 've been driving for so long to keep on going, so I can have it until i get uh, till you provide for me that brand new shiny car. Uh, you know These are extremes of course and i i 'm embellishing to to try and and make it absurd but these are the things we do, you know Lord, I need you to provide for me, so we think okay god 's going to give me a a new job where I make uh, eighty or hundred thousand dollars a year instead of just simply putting people in my path and in my life that are going to help me to make through, make it do, do, and make it through my life. We don't want all of that. We want the assurance of, uh, oh, we uh, God's going to provide for me. Oh yes, sir, He's going to give me a job, and I'm going to be making all this money. I'm going to be prestigious, big old office, and everything. Well, that's not necessarily God's plan for you. God's going to do things in His way, in His time. And so Balaam is thinking, you know, okay, okay, God said, yeah, I could go. So obviously He wants me to curse them. So I'm, he's beginning to think of all the things he could do with all the money that, that uh, Balak is going to give him. So Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his, his donkey and went with the uh, princess of Moab. God's anger was kindled because he went. Now see, that's what always confused me. God just told him to go, but he's now upset with Balaam because he went. So God sent the angel of the Lord and stood in the way of, uh, as an adversary against him. And he was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him. Now see, God didn't uh, get upset with him because he obeyed him to go and do... Uh, go with him. He uh, was upset with Balaam because Balaam began to think, oh God's going to allow me to go. I'm going to curse him and I'm going to have all that money that Balak wants uh, to give me. I am going to be prestigious in the land. He's going to make me a, a grand uh, visionary for uh, Moab or something like that. So it, it's the condition of his heart and what he's saying in his heart that God has read and that's why God was upset with him and the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field and Balaam uh, smote the ass and turned her into the way. So first of all, uh, God has uh, sent an angel, and, and that angel's got a, a flaming sword, and he's holding it out in front in the way of Balaam as he's coming down the pathway, and he allows the the uh, donkey to see what's going on, and, and as as Balaam's still going along, he. The, the donkey doesn't want to get killed, so he comes over here into the field, and ba- uh, Balaam, he gets all upset, and he's just beating him and beating him and beating him and getting him to go back into the, the pathway. That's not the end, but the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, and a wall being on this side, and a wall on that side, and when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, he uh, she... Uh, thrust herself under the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. This time, uh, Balaam got in the way of of the donkey getting him out of the way of the the angel, and and. Uh, Balaam got all mad and and began to beat the uh, donkey again. And then a third time the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with the staff. Now, if this... If this donkey had been so faithful to Balaam for so long, wouldn't you get the idea that something was going on when it all of a sudden starts to act up this way? Balaam doesn't un- see that. He's got dollar signs in his eyes. He's, he's got uh, gold coins flooding his mind and he's not even thinking about what's going on. So uh, the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would uh, that there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. Does it strike you as peculiar? that Balaam doesn't get all upset about the fact that his donkey all of a sudden starts talking to him. His anger has overcome him, and he has been so distracted by his own desire rather than following after God, that he is, it's just blown over him. The fact that his donkey's sitting there talking to him and he's having an argument with... Not only that, he begins to argue with the donkey about what he's done. Now, not only does... He should have just jumped back and started running down the... I would have started running back home if I had all of a sudden... If I'm driving along and all of a sudden my car starts talking to me and I'm not talking about like Kitten Night Rider or anything like that. I'm just talking about the car just starts talking to me. I'm going to jump out. I'm going to start running. But he, instead of doing that, he sits there and argues. He says, look, you have done this and you're doing this just to mock me and you're doing this just to make me feel bad. And it's all about Balaam, isn't it? That's because that's where his heart and his mind is. It's not about following after God. It's about all the money he's going to make. He's worried about what the princes are thinking because he's, uh, remember, he's traveling with them and he said, you mocked me. Now, how would he mock him unless he's worried about what everybody else is thinking as his donkey is acting up? So Balaam, he says, "I would, I'm, I would, I, if I could, I'd kill you right here now." And then the dog, uh, the ass, said unto Balaam, "Am I not, uh, am not I thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee?" And he said, "Nay, uh, I find that funny." <laughs> the donkey says, "Nay." <laughs> Oh, what humor God has. And and then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat to his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out um, to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times, unless she had turned from me. Surely now also I had slain thee and saved her life. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displeases thee, I will get me back again. And the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the men but only with the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt uh, speak. So Balaam went with the princess of Balak. See, this is why I told you that I knew the heart of Balaam wasn't right, because it's revealed here by the angel. He says, look, you can go with them, but don't only say what I tell you to say. Don't do what the king wants you to do. Now, see, this is the problem that we have. A lot of times God allows us to go and, and do things for Him, allows us to go and follow after Him the way... Uh, but we put in our own mind, as I said before, we put in our own mind what God, wa- uh, what God wants us to do, what we're supposed to do. Uh, and, and God is trying to... Uh, have Balaam be aware of the fact that he needs to only say what God's going to reveal to him. And in chapters 23 and 24, I'm going to wrap this up kind of fast, uh, we see that, that Balak uh, takes Balaam out on, onto kind of a, a high place and it's a place where he can see all the children of Israel and they're coming along and he uh, and. Balaam tells Balak to erect these altars and offer up sacrifices and, and Balak does that. And he thinks this is part of the process of cursing the Israelites. And he says, go curse them for me. And, and instead, after uh, Balaam offers these sacrifices, he uh, he pronounces blessings on the Israelites. He says, oh, your number's going to be like the sand of the the earth. uh, They're going to be without number, and you're going to prosper, and they're going to have uh, a... uh, a, a, uh, there'll be a blessing to the nations. And you can read all those kind of things uh, in the next two chapters, chapter 23 and 24. But Balak gets all upset because... Uh, Balaam doesn't do what he wants them to do, but instead he uh, blesses them. Instead, so uh, he says, "Now m- let's go over here to another spot. It's, it's kind of a kind of and I, it's kind of like trying to keep up with uh, with the uh, uh, marching band as they're going through the streets during a parade. He says, okay, I put you in that spot right there, and you didn't curse them. So let's go further down." We'll get in another spot where you can see all the children of Israel, and I want you to uh, curse them now for me. And, and uh, Balaam prays to God, and God gives him the words to speak. And the second time, He blesses them even more. The Israelites are—it's a greater blessing than the first blessing. And Balak gets all upset with Balaam, and and he says, "Now I told you." to curse them not bless them now let's go down here further and he said so that probably so they could keep up with him again and he says okay now you you can see all the Israelites let's now curse them so that I can go and destroy them and and of course uh, Balaam offers offers up sacrifices again and blesses uh, the Israelites once again Let's listen to one of those blessings. And it says in verse 3 of chapter 24, And he took up his uh, his parable and said, Balaam the son of Beor hath said, And the man whose eyes are open hath said, He hath said, uh, which heard the words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open, how golly are thy tents, O Jacob, and, the ta- and thy tabernacles, O Israel, as the valleys are they spread forth, as gardens, uh, but rivers uh, by the riverside, as the trees of of uh, lane aloes, which the Lord hath planted, and as cedar trees uh, beside the waters. He shall pour the water out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in my waters and uh, his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. And God brought him forth out of Egypt, and he hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. And he shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and uh, pierce them through with his arrows, and he couched. And he lay down as a lion and as a great lion who shall stir him up. Blessed is he that blessed thee, and cursed is he that curses thee. And look at verse 10, uh, how Balak responds. And Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam, and he smote his hands together. And Balak said unto Balaam, I called thee to curse mine enemies, and behold, thou hast altogether blessed them these three times. Therefore now flee thou to thy place. And I thought to promote thee into great honor, but lo, the Lord hath kept thee back from honor." So look, see what Balak is doing. He's saying, look, I was going to give you, I was going to make you vice president. I was going to make you minister uh, uh, for, uh, the, uh, it's like saying I'd make you prime minister. I, I was going to uh, promote you to a high office and give you all this, but you better go run home and uh, because you've done against what I've asked you to do. And Balaam said unto Balak, Uh, Spake I not also to thy messengers which thou uh, sentest unto me, saying, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do either good or bad of my own mind. But what the Lord saith, that will I speak. And now, behold, I go unto my people... Come, therefore, and I will advertise thee uh, what this people shall do to thy people in the latter days. And so what Bala, uh, Balaam is doing, he says, Look, I told you. I can't say anything that, that God doesn't allow me to say. See, Bala, Balaam learned his lesson. That donkey was a good, more than just a good teaching aide. He was a good teacher. And... He learned that he needed to follow and say the words of the Lord. And so he, he reiterated himself this time to the king directly, not just to his messengers, but to the king himself. He says, "Look, I couldn't give you a curse even if you gave me all of that money." Now, I'm, I know in Balak's heart, uh, Balaam's heart, he was hoping that God would allow him to curse him, but he, he was fulfilling God's desire. Of what God wanted him to do, and now he stood his ground and now he's saying, "Not only have I blessed them instead of cursed them i'm going to tell you the curses that God has placing and look look at the uh when we go in our own strength and our own power, we get our minds all turned around, and we think we know what God wants, and we even decide what God should do. And we go with it and we pretend like we're following God's will. But when we uh and that's when we're in our own power and our own strength. But look what happens when Balaam follows and does what God tells him to do. Not only does Balaam fulfill God's desire in blessing the Israelites and blessing them and blessing them three times. Hey, do you see any fear? in the heart of Balaam as he's standing there next to the king and telling him, I couldn't uh, curse them if I wanted to. He, said, he. He's not afraid of what the king's going to do to him. He knows that if God is going to send an angel and stand in front of him to keep him from doing the wrong thing, that God is going to protect him after. And look, we can know that when we do God's desire in our life, that we not only... We'll have the strength to do what God desires of us, but we can have the assurance that God's going to be with us throughout the whole time. Balaam's not afraid of anything that Balak can do to him because he knows he's following God's desire and he knows he's doing what God wants him to do. And so he, with all kinds of courage, stands before the king and says, I can't curse them. I'm going to do what God wants. Look, He's saying, in essence, you might be king of Moab, but I serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You might be able to destroy this body, but the king of kings is able to do all things. He was even able to make an ass talk to me. And so he sits there with all the courage and says to uh, the king of the Moabites... Balak. He says, I, I I, can't do what you want me to do. He says, but I'll give you a freebie. He says, I'll tell you what God is going to do. And he begins to pr- pronounce unto uh, Balak what God has in store for the Moabites. And so when we follow after God's desire, we, are, we not only are we taken care of and but we're also, God uses us to fulfill His desire. To not Balaam not only blesses Israel, but he also delivers the message of the destruction of the Moabites. The Kenites are going to waste uh, waste waste you. The Assyrians is going to carry away your people into captivity, uh, and God is going to do. All of this. He says verse 24, And ships shall come from the coast of Chitham, and shall afflict Asher, and shall afflict Eber, and, he shall, uh, and also shall perish forever. And Balaam rose up, and he went and returned to his place, and Balak went his own way. Remember just a minute ago, Balak's telling him, look, you better run on home because if you don't, I might do something to you. Not only did Balaam have courage, but God gave him the strength to deliver the message against Balak and the Moabites and then to walk home with the confidence know that God was going to protect him. Look, this is what we need to understand. That if God calls us to do His work, that we need to follow Him and do as God desires. We need to uh, not get ahead of God. We need to make sure that we do what God wants and not what we want. And also to understand that God will deliver us and protect us wherever we go, whenever we do, and God will watch over us. Balaam, I I, I think, (laughs) Again, how how humorous is this that, that God uses this, this donkey to speak to Balaam and to tell him what God was about to do. But it also, he taught him a lesson, didn't he? He taught him that God wanted him to do what he wanted him to do, not to say anything different. And he also showed him that God was watching over him and God was would could either uh, take him out, or deliver him depending on what he said in his heart and look no matter what God's will is going to be done God's desire is going to be done we can either work with God or we can work against God we can be in God's blessings or we can be in punishment because of deciding to do our own desire our own will but without a doubt God will accomplish his purpose And the Israelites... Look, here's another another point for you to think about. The Israelites, during this whole time, they didn't know the Moabites were laying wait. They didn't know that Balak was trying to get them cursed. All they were doing was going their way. Think about all the times that you go about your business and you don't know a thing about what's going on. But God's always watching over you. God promised Abram that he would bless him. And even when Israel was not even aware of it, he was blessing Israel, blessing his descendants. He was blessing the children of Israel. The Israelites weren't even aware of it. How many times do you think that you've been delivered by the hand of God without even being aware of it? God's blessings are upon you. And He's going to ensure that you're carried through safely to the end. Let's bow in prayer.